the 600 ESPN El Paso River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio. Here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. Great to be back at Border City L House, 1506 Lee Trevino. It's our first Monday night football game of the season. The Jets hosting the Bills. They're in a weather delay right now because I know the lightning in the New York area is uh, giving some people some cause for concern. But if everything goes well, we will have uh, football starting in about two hours and ten minutes. And uh, really looking forward to that here on the 11th day of September. That's right, 22 years ago today. Hard to believe that um, that was the day we were attacked and we lost uh, the Twin Towers, not to mention thousands of lives and the plane that also went went into uh, the Pentagon and and just thinking about everything that happened out there in uh, Washington, D.C. It's hard to believe with uh, that, that it's already been 22 years ago. Uh, to me, it still feels like it was yesterday, and uh, for a lot of people I know, a, a very solemn day. Happens to be uh, my mom's birthday today, along with Wayne Thornton. That's even crazier. I mean, I'll never forget the call that morning when uh, my phone rang and I was getting ready to uh, wish my mom a happy birthday, and my dad said to me, turn on the television, and that's when I was watching in disbelief uh, what was actually happening in real time. So... Still hard to believe uh, that uh, here we are, September 11th, 2023, 22 years ago from uh, those uh, horrific events. But we've got a lot to cover on the show today over the next two-plus hours here at Border City Alehouse. In fact, 350, 450, and 550 pints. We also have $3 Modelo cans. Now, this is very cool. In fact, we are going to be raffling off today a... Riddell Speed Replica Helmet for Modelo Beer. It's awesome. This is in the Modelo color, so it is a black helmet with gold, and it's got the Modelo logo. Um, Adrian, all I can tell you is this would definitely be a, a collector's item for somebody's sports bar, and the way it works is for every can you buy for $3, you get a raffle ticket to win the Modelo Helmet that we will give away also today at halftime of the Monday night game between the Jets and the Bills. Oh, that is such a cool deal, Steve. Uh, that sounds like a must-have in a man cave, must-have in a home, must-have for anybody who's a sports fan, for sure. Yeah, it's very, very cool. So, as you might imagine, looking forward to that. $4 fireball, and again, the pint special, three fifty, four fifty, and five fifty, depending on if you go uh, domestics uh, or imports four pints out here for Monday Night Football at Border City Alehouse. As far as prizes go, we talked about the Modelo helmet that you can register to win at halftime by buying those $3 Modelo cans, but we've got other great prizes we're going to be giving away. In fact, super excited about having um, some, some new folks on board with us. I think that is also very, very cool. In fact, um, I was just out at... Bassett a little while ago with our good old friend uh, Robert um, um, Gonzalez, and they've got a brand new store called 915 Sports and Novelties. That's right. It's right next to Target in Bassett Place, and I was there earlier. Um, We've got some very cool things we're going to be giving away out here during the course of the Monday night season, but tonight, how about this? A vintage Ray Mickens not, um, 
Ray Mickens camp T-shirt that is signed by every member who attended the Mickens camp that year. I am talking about 2007. So believe it or not, there's a very good chance that Alvin and Aaron Jones were campers, Adrian, during the year that we have this Ray Mickens T-shirt that we're going to be giving away today, courtesy of 915 Sports and Novelties. Wow, that is such a good uh, that is such a good novelty right there, Steve, and a great collector's item. Maybe you get a little MJ McFarlane on there. I don't know, Steve. Mm. I, there's some good names that you can have. Alex Torres, you can have some really good names on there. Yeah, I would love to know who was in the camp that year in 2007. You could be talking about a who's who of everybody. In fact, I mean, you, you never know who's uh, who was in this camp, uh, what, 15, 16 years ago. So there's a lot of people. Julio Lopez could have been in this camp 16 years ago. That's true, Steve. I like this. I mean, he could have definitely been there as like a uh, a camp counselor or something like that, yeah. or even you know been in part uh, partaking at it as an older player or whatever it was. Uh, Steven Montes could have been a young uh, youngster and been a That's part right. of this as well. So yeah, I, I, anybody in that 05 to like 2013 range in high school, they could have definitely been uh, a part of this camp. Very true. Very, very true. So that's courtesy of 915 Sports and Novelties. Throughout the season, I'm going to be giving away more of these signed shirts. I've got a few, along with hats, uh, and that's going to be awesome. Today, we're loaded with prizes. So we have, I think it's four pair and two three-packs of tickets to see the Chihuahuas Tuesday night or Wednesday afternoon at Southwest University Park. It's the final homestand of the season. So if you want to go... This is the time to do it with us here out at um, Border City L House. Also, I've got two free axe-throwing sessions, uh, sessions from Relax El Paso. Relax El Paso, 808 Montana, and right next door, Kick Social. How about a free hour at Kick Social, 812 Montana? So we're going to be giving those away. I also have, courtesy of Horizon Golf and Conference Center, um, a voucher good for a cart and two green fees. That is an $80 value at Horizon Golf. Going to be giving that away today. And then from our friends at All That Music, uh, located in the Fountains of Farah. In fact, uh, they're newly uh, remodeled and expanded spot directly below the Best Buy parking lot. We're going to be giving away the following. A Buffalo Bills insulated lunch bag. A Buffalo Bills uh, lanyard that I have. The history of the New York Jets on DVD. And a gold Funko Zach Wilson premium vinyl figure that's got to be at least 8 to 10 inches in height, Adrian. That sounds awesome, Steve. That's an incredible prize in itself right there. Apparently... For this series, they only made two uh, different players, Zach Wilson and Justin Herbert. We've got the Wilson figure, and that is courtesy of Funko Gold. We also have um, both Jets and Bills um, keychains to give away from all that music and uh, video, vinyl, CDs, video, and gifts, where you can check out their selection of new 180-gram vinyl, all eras of categories and prices, and thousands of deals on classic and best-selling CDs and DVDs. So all that going to be happening on the show today. So as you might imagine, 
I've spent the first nine minutes talking about our giveaways. Uh, meanwhile, we have to talk uh, and begin the show today uh, with another somber note. And that is, we found out that Daniel Esparza, the senior band member from Bowie High School, who suffered a medical emergency late in that football game on Friday between Bowie and Isleta at Beatty Semang Memorial Stadium, has in fact passed away. He died yesterday, and his death was confirmed by a University Medical Center of El Paso spokesperson. Uh, no other immediate information was available. This is a horrific story. It's the unthinkable that could ever happen uh, during a sporting event, and it, if it uh, happened with that uh, Bowie Sledda game. In fact, as soon as uh, he collapsed and suffered that uh, emergency uh, while uh, they were trying to save him, the uh, teams did the right thing and canceled that football game. It is just a uh, – it's, it's, it's the worst. There's no other way to put it. Uh, and, and uh, again, I can't even remember the last time this has ever happened – uh, during a sporting event, because remember, this didn't uh, involve an, a student athlete. This involved a member of the band. And uh, regardless of the situation, tragedy and our condolences to um, the Esparza family and all of the Bowie High School in El Paso. I mean, Adrian, this just it leaves uh, such a bad taste in your mouth. It really does. Yeah, just awful news and tra tragic news, really. I, I feel for the entire Bowie High School community. I feel for the parents. I feel for his family. I feel for his friends. I mean, if you're a, a band member or a friend of his who uh, went to school with him on a daily basis, I can't imagine how they must feel right now. That, that's a, one of their own who is not the, uh, not no longer with us anymore. So um, I feel so bad for all of them, and my prayers are with all of them right now. Uh, you know, I'm going to retweet uh, the GoFundMe link that's going on right now that is set up for Daniel Esparza and his family to uh, help out with medical expenses. And that was uh, organized by Georgina Campos. So I will share that on behalf of our station's uh, social media p uh, page so people can donate if they're able to. Excellent. I'm happy you're doing that. And I know we've got calls to get to today. Uh, between the Cowboys uh, putting a 40-burger up on the Giants yesterday and shutting them out in impressive fashion, one of many impressive performances. Let's be honest, there were a ton of them yesterday when you talk about the games. That was the big one, though, that everybody's talking about, and as you might imagine, here locally as well. But what the Browns did to the Bengals was impressive. What the Bucks did on the road against Minnesota was very impressive. What the 49ers did to the Seahawks, to the Steelers, was uh, a shock by many. Not the fact they won, but they won in such a dominating fashion the way they did. You can put the same thing to the way the Packers dominated the Bears, even with Jordan Love at quarterback and Aaron Rodgers gone. Add the Dolphins coming back to beat the Chargers late. That was big. The Rams beating up on the Seahawks in Seattle. I mean, it was a it was an upset special first week of the NFL. Yeah, I, I thought it was just entertaining, Steve, just to have the NFL back. Uh, there, you know what? I left yesterday more impressed by some of the teams out of the NFC, like the Cowboys, the Eagles, and even the 49ers, than I did some of the top AFC teams. I mean, AFC yep. teams, like you talk about the Kansas City Chiefs on Thursday and that performance. You talk about the Bengals and the lack thereof performance by them. I was more impressed by the top heavy teams out of the NFC rather than the AFC. I guess maybe tonight will tell us a little bit more with the Bills and the Jets. 
I think so, too. I think so, too. And by the way, we are not sugarcoating the UTEP game on Saturday and not wanting to get to that. Obviously, it dominated minor talk after the game when Adrian took the air with Zay and, and Sal. And it's just, uh, uh, what can I tell you? Um, I missed on UTEP again this year. And, and shame on me for thinking that a veteran team after a 7-5 and five win season the last two years would have made the next step and turned it around the way I did. But that was my thought. I thought they would have been able to play well on the road. And for a half of football, that was the case um, over the weekend and uh, right outside of Chicago. But the second half in Evanston was a total disaster. The Miners imploded. They got crushed. And uh, once again, the best chance they've ever had to try to beat a Power 5 team and probably ever will get to beat a Power 5 team went completely down the toilet thanks to the Northwestern Wildcats and what they did to UTEP. And Adrian... They're one and two. They're 17 and a half point dogs Saturday against the U of A. Um, the, I don't expect that game to be close. And it's unfortunate that here we are three weeks into the season. And already my thoughts are they're really going to have to work just to try to even get six and six this year and qualify for a bowl game the way this team has come out. Oh, yeah, not, not a doubt about that. I mean, I would also say the two glaring issues right now, the turnover margin where they're uh, right now in the bottom 10 in FBS, they're not just bad uh, on their side causing turnovers, but they're uh, in the bottom 10 of the country right now in turnover margin. And then on the other side, scoring points offensively, they're lacking an identity, Steve. The second yeah. half, the defense struggled as well. So I left that game with a bad taste in my mouth. I know we're going to dive into all of it, but uh, yeah, I I think the miners are going to have to really look at themselves in the mirror and try to figure out what kind of football team they're, they're going to be this year. You're right. Uh, we've got uh, comments from Dana Dimmel. We've got comments. Uh, we've got a minor talk mashup. We've got so much to get to. I'll add some of my thoughts as well. But first, before we take our first break and come back with Charlie One, live out here at Border City L House, 1506 Lee Trevino, let's go to George. He's been waiting since the start of the show. George, thanks for your patience. How are you? <laughs> How's it going, Steve? I mean, some somber notes to, to start the, the show with. Uh, my prayers and thoughts go out to the Bowie community uh, yeah. and the young man that lost his life. Unfortunately, I mean, it, it's such a waste heavy on me. Uh, and then 9-11, uh, uh, so many years ago, and how it impacted my life. But uh, on, a, on a more brighter note, um, as you know, I am uh, UTEP Zay's dad. Uh, I know he's going to be upset at me because he doesn't like all the hoopla and, and everything that it comes along with it, but I just had to shout out uh, his birthday today. You'll be 17. Nice. 17 years. Steve. Oh, so we get, to add, we get to add UTEP Zay to the list of birthdays that include my mom and Wayne Thornton. I like that, uh, George. Beautiful. That's terrific. Beautiful, yeah. He's uh, he doesn't like all that, all that. Uh, you know, he's very humble. He doesn't like. Well, let me put it this way, George, and I appreciate the call. He has no choice because you you said it. We're applauding that, and uh, happy birthday, Zay. Happy for you, and uh, happy George that you spread the good message for our pal UTEP Zay birthday today number 17 adrian did he arrive at 
with us at the age of 15. Is that when yes. we first met Zay? We first met Zay at 15. Uh, now he can get into rated R movies, so I love yeah. it, man. Uh, good <laughs> stuff for UTEP Zay. I'm so happy that he's celebrating a birthday. I didn't know it was today, so I'm happy that George called in. I don't. I think he's exactly right. If we didn't know uh, from George, we would have never known. That's who Zay is. He's a very humble, hardworking guy, and we're very lucky to have him. I agree with you. Totally agree with you. All right, let's get moving as we get started here on the show. Charlie One, he's got our first traffic update of the afternoon. Then back to more phone calls, more comments on on social, and it's going to be a busy show here as Sports Talk continues. Back here on Sports Talk, back live. Border City Alehouse, our location. 1506 Lee Trevino. Monday Night Football. Well, we'll see if it kicks off when it's supposed to. Uh, Hopefully it gets going at 6.15. Uh, but the Jets uh, and the Bills going to be doing battle tonight from MetLife Stadium. All right. We've got lines available. Twitter going as well. 600 ESPN El Paso. Um, Augustine is trolling everybody. He's trolling Adrian. He's trolling me. He's trolling Zay. He's just uh, in everybody's face. It's what you would expect. Adrian had enemy win the number three messages uh, into the show posts on 600 ESPN El Paso UTEP fans are dumb part two he puts one they don't understand this is a money game we took home 1.4 million I thought it was 1.2 million but I know it's over a million yeah 1.2 okay he was close two they claim we don't have a chance and then complain that we should have won well let me say this the betting line started at Northwestern minus three. After they got destroyed by Rutgers, it swung all the way to UTEP minus one and a half. It stayed that way until Friday, and then it dropped to UTEP minus one. By Saturday at kickoff, it was Northwestern minus one. So people that were betting Northwestern had a field day on that, okay, as far as the line goes. And the total was 40, which I really thought was going to stay under, but As uh, Northwestern blew out UTEP, they also blew out the uh, total points and went over the 40. Um, I've got so many thoughts on this. I I, I really do. Um, And before I get to my thoughts, Adrian, why don't we run our minor talk mashup that kind of sums up what you did with Sal and Zay after the game right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Ronnie, good afternoon. What's happening, man? I mean, Northwestern is just bad, man. Like, they're, they're, you know what I mean? They got a horrible culture. They don't know where they're going in terms of culture. I really thought the Miners could do just enough to pull um, this one out. And you saw the first half. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was an even game, right? It, it didn't really hurt themselves. You know, they scored first, so they kind of set the tone. But then the second half, they just kind of reverted back to what they are. And, uh, like, I'm not even going to throw Gavin Harson under the bus anymore because we know what he is, right? Like, he's been what he is. It really is on demo, right? Like, you've got to call different plays. Same old story. So you have to, since you are the sole play caller, you have to call plays that are going to play to his strength and not highlight his weaknesses. Rick, good afternoon. What's going on? Just calling in to talk about another minor letdown. Leave it to UTEP to lose to a team that hasn't won an American so since 2021. Leave it to UTEP to give up, I think, the third longest passing play in school history for Northwestern. Quarterback play cannot be this bad. You know, it's it's awful. The picks that he throws are just, they're awful. He, he guides the defense to where he's going with the ball. He's predetermined every time. 
where he's going with the ball. He cannot fit into tight windows. He's just, doesn't the coaching staff see this? Adam, good afternoon. This was a tough one for minor fans. How did you take this one? You know what? Um, surprisingly good. I mean, I'm just, I'm not, uh, I'm not really surprised. At the end of the first half, you know, Dana Dimmel did what Dana Dimmel does, which is not call a timeout, fourth down, Northwestern punting. And then he decides to call a timeout after they bomb it down the field, get a catch, and the the clock wasn't going to run. Then he, what, he kicks a field goal, second and one, with time on the clock to at least run one more play offensively, make it a little bit easier for Fabiano. And then go, uh, you know, go miss a field goal. And then, um, you know, it it is what it is. For everybody out there listening, I mean, who would love a job where you know you're never going to get fired, which is the UTEP athletic director position and the UTEP football coach position? You know what? This community is hungry for a winner. This community is ready to support a team that can actually give back to us, the fans. And I think you felt that in the first game of the year that you guys went out there to the district and you had as many people as you had. I mean, there was just a buzz. Hunter, what's happening? A game like this and a team like this isn't even worth breaking down the little thing uh, because there's, it's so dysfunctional and there's so much wrong with it. It's not like, well, you know, if they could just fix this or if they get – it's a bad team with even worse coaching. Uh, and and it, it, it just is what it is. And I, I feel kind of like Jim Mora, you know, when, you know, playoffs, you know, you guys keep talking about a bowl game. Good luck winning a game. Their only win was a struggle against an FCS school that lost most of their players to the transfer portal and their coach uh, and, and, and still came to the Sun Bowl and gave them a game. That's been their only win. This is who they are. UTEP is a bad team with the worst coach in the conference. And I can say that confidently. Because whatever he should do, he does the complete opposite. And you guys keep acting like it's a surprise. Oh, why doesn't he keep running the ball? Well, that's been the case for years. I would be shocked if he actually did what he's supposed to. Cruz, good afternoon. What's going on? If uh, Dana Dimmel is so soft-spoken in his interviews, if he goes into the locker room and speaks to the team like that, you know, what kind of a message is he going to send to them? He needs to speak with authority and not just Gavin Hardison, I've never had much faith in him, and the more that he plays, the more that I see that, that I might. And we hear a lot uh, of the same over and over and over, but it's because the same things keep happening over and over and over. They, they, somebody else needs to call the, the shots, you know. Somebody else needs to call the plays. I, I'm 65 years old. I've been watching following Utah because when I moved out of El Paso, I'd always check up on him. And as a little boy, I used to listen to him on the radio in my bedroom. Gosh, I wish we need a winning team. When I live in Amarillo, we have fans in Amarillo. We got them all over the Metroplex. And they're all saying the same thing that that we're hearing on the radio. Because, you know, it just happens over and over and over. And you hear the same thing everywhere. Minor Talk delivered uh, exactly what you would expect. Uh, A pretty fiery show. And a lot of minor fans just fed up. And and I don't blame them. You can't. You can't blame fans after what we've seen three games into the season. It's been... uh, it's been uh, just, uh, well, outside of the second half against the Cardinal Word, it, it's been a disaster. It really has. All right. Look, we got a lot more to cover, phone calls as well, but let's give out some uh, post-game awards that were also heard on Minor Talk over the weekend. 
Steve, first off with our hot hand of the game, thanks to the great people at Wind Supply El Paso. You had to go on defense. I mean, I couldn't give it to anybody uh, on offense from what happened over the weekend, only scoring seven points against Northwestern. So how about we give it to the Conference USA Defensive Player of the Week, Tyrese Knight, who in this game, 14 total tackles. He also totaled a one-and-a-half tackle for loss and was very impactful. That led it to, the, uh, the, of course, the award that happened over uh, today, and that was announced by Conference USA as a league. Uh, Tyrese Knight becoming the player of the week uh, thanks to the conference, and because of that, he is our hot hand of the game against Northwestern. You can visit the Find a Dealer tab at windsupplyelpaso.com to locate your nearest local champion dealer and learn how you can significantly reduce your energy costs. Wind Supply El Paso, a proud supporter of UTEP Athletics. Uh, we have more awards, don't we, Adrian? That's correct. We have our new Start Homes drive of the game. And just want to let everybody know if you're in the market for a mobile home or if you're in the market for a tiny home, New Start Homes has affordable builds, just $75 per square foot. They've got a location out in Horizon, and they've got a location out in Las Cruces. So you can check them out online, newstarthomes.net. And our new Start Homes drive of the game, Steve, it's the easiest award that we had today, or, you know, over the weekend. It was the first drive for UTEP, eight plays, 70 yards, that ended in a touchdown, their only touchdown of the game, and that was their only good drive of the game as well. Well, I can understand why, and I think it makes a lot of sense that uh, we picked that drive. I really do. All right, we'll get to the calls right after Sports Center, bottom of the hour as we continue. Adrian, thank you very much. Let's keep things going right now. Orly is going to join us at 33 past the hour. Orly, thanks for the call. Uh, yeah, you know, looking at UTEP, it's frustrating for season ticket holders, people that follow this program. Sure. And I said it the day, it's the demo factor. Bottom line, what is a common denominator? Every time there's an issue, it's demo. Horrible clock management in the first half. And then they don't adjust at halftime. Of course, it doesn't take much to adjust against UTEP. All you got to do is put eight in the box. All he's going to do is run the ball. He never threw the ball deep one time during this game. And you got the last comment. They got, well, we're getting money. It's a money game. There's also other teams that get money games and go on the road and win. We don't even, we're not even competitive in the second half. Uh, I don't know. He just, uh, I feel like we got sold a bill of goods. I thought for sure this was going to be a better year. You look at their schedule. If they win four games, they'll be lucky. Yeah, I mean. There's really not an easy, there's not an easy game. New Mexico State's going to come in here. They've got an offense. Yeah. We, we all thought that. Offense. I mean, look, we all, here's the thing we thought, okay? Veteran team, we thought that Gavin would take the next step. Uh, that hasn't been evident in the first three games. I was worried about the kicking game. I've been talking about that now for months, that they've got a veteran team minus the kicker. they got a redshirt freshman kicker who has not been put in a good situation in three games. You haven't given him a chance to have any field goal attempts that are over that are under, what, 43, 44 yards. And clearly right now, he's only been out there twice. Confidence is an issue. He's made every extra point, but he hasn't made a field goal yet. So there's they've got zero confidence in Buzz Flabiano. Um, and you need, when you've 
got an offense like this, you need a kicking game. I mean, think about it. How, how different is it if you're going into the locker room up 10-7 at the half instead of blowing that field goal and coming out in a 7-7 game and then all of a sudden acting like, uh, you know, you're still in the locker room instead of being out on the football field? You got beat by a team that is equal in 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 what we have as far as uh, ball players. They've had issues at that university. You had a coach that's never coached in Division One. This is only a second game. You had supposedly a uh, coach and Dimmel that supposedly has been a Division One coach. Of course, he didn't win at Wyoming, and he didn't win at Houston. It's frustrating. Now, let's go real quick to the NFL. Impressed with the 49ers? Yeah. It's one game, though. It's a long season. Uh, they went into Pittsburgh, played well. Uh, surprised that it was going to be that. I thought it was going to be a lot closer. Yes. Um, it's one game. Do they have the best defense right now? I would say it's up there. Obviously, their offense is, is stout. They got so many playmakers. Purdy threw a dime to Ayuk at the corner of the end zone. That was a dime. And Peterson for Pittsburgh, which played at Arizona, didn't have much good things to say about Purdy during the week. Well, you know what? Purdy burned him twice. Yep. So it was kind of nice. And to the Cowboy fans, it's one game, guys. It's a long season. It's a long season. It's a one game. I'm, I'm a realist with the 49ers. I know it's one game I like, their offense. I think they have so many weapons. Who are you going to stop? Debo Samuel wasn't even a factor yesterday. Or Kittle, he wasn't a factor either. Just think when they start really putting it all together. They're going to be tough as long as they stay healthy. It's so important. Orly, appreciate the call. Thanks for getting in. All right. Um, Look, again, it's hard to react from the first week of an NFL season. But there are so many takeaways from those from that first week that you know you see to yourself how how will that hold up? I mean, Aaron Jones was terrific. I know he has the, the the hamstring pull, but it seems like it's not too serious. He was great for the Packers when he needed to be, and basically took that game over in the second half when they needed him to, and and took the pressure off Jordan Love. I mean, that's that's what that's what playmakers do, Adrian. They'll sometimes find ways to make plays and make it easy for you. And I also like the play from Jordan Love. Speaking of, I thought he was uh, admirable in his first uh, real official start taking over the reins as the Packers franchise quarterback. I know there was a lot of uncertainty over the offseason about him, what kind of quarterback he would be, and his players continued to praise him. And now we kind of got a small glimpse of that. Real quick, back to the 49ers. I would say the window of opportunity is now, Steve. You got a lot of guys on the payroll right now, and you you got some guys coming off that payroll here soon enough, you went out and broke the bank for Nick Bosa. Now you got to go out and win the Super Bowl. That this is the window of opportunity for them right now, and the 49ers have to try to deliver that. You could also say the same thing about the Cowboys and a bunch and the Jets and a bunch of other teams in the NFL, right? I think the window of opportunity is there for the Cowboys. Now, the Jets, they've got a lot of young players. They they could benefit off that. And the Cowboys right now can benefit off having younger star players like uh, Diggs and Micah Parsons, who was probably the best overall defensive player in just one week of performance by the NFL. So I, I like some certain performances right there, but you're right. Windows of opportunity, you can't take those for granted when you're in the NFL. Meanwhile, um, 
this was the halftime stats between UTEP and Northwestern. Total yards, UTEP 203, Northwestern 120. Passing yards, UTEP 147, Northwestern 82. Rushing yards, UTEP 56, Northwestern 38. First downs, UTEP 12, Northwestern 6. Time of possessions, UTEP 18 minutes, 14 seconds. Northwestern 11 minutes, 46 seconds. Score, 7-7. That's the issue, Adrian. When you dominate the uh, the stats the way UTEP did, and you're in a tie game on the road the way they played, that is another. You know, we haven't even talked about that yet. But the Miners played a much better first half than Northwestern, and ultimately had that first possession score to show forward and nothing else. I know a lot of people will point out the second half being shut out in the second half and uh, the struggles they had in the third quarter. But in my opinion, you had the game in the balance and you had a lot of opportunities that they did not capitalize on in the first half. Exactly what you're saying. The third drive of the game after the punt, after the touchdown, uh, the Miners drove it all the way to the Northwestern 46 and they elected to punt it. And the drive before that, they drove it all the way to their 47 right around midfield and they punted that I'm okay with those right there but then they started to get a little bit more aggressive and that's where Gavin Hardison had his interception to start off the second quarter after that they ended up punting uh, and uh, of course the field goal attempt to close out uh, the half but they missed out on a lot of opportunities that they had in front of them especially in the first quarter and they just did not capitalize on them oh you're right let's check our uh, mobile app as we continue here on Sports Talk, before we go to break, Pinky asks, I wonder if Coach Dimmel and UTEP football coaching staff in the AD listen to minor talk. I hope so. I don't think they do, especially on a road game when they're heading back. But I'll tell you this much, a lot of people listen to minor talk. A lot more than people realize. And there are definitely, even if members of the coaching staff uh, and athletic department aren't listening, there are plenty of UTEP officials that are tuning in and know exactly what's happening on that show, Adrian. That's right. I've been approached by players and coaches who've uh, quoted things from minor talk, and I'll leave it at that. Meanwhile... This is from Reed in the 979 out in College Station. He writes on the mobile app, Why do minor fans have to continue to suffer from having the worst head coach in college football? Not using a timeout on defense near the end of the first half when you've stopped Northwestern so that you can give your offense time to get a score going into halftime. Kicking a field goal on second down with nine seconds on the clock. Run a sideline route and at least try to get closer for your freshman kicker that you obviously don't have confidence in. Running the same dumb dumb rugby play twice on fourth down that should only be reserved for fourth and inches, not fourth and one or even longer. Terrible. The head coach does not put his players in the position to succeed. They deserve so much better, and so does our university that from Reed in the 979 out in College Station. A lot of ways to get into the program. Phones, social media, whether it's uh, Twitter or the uh, app, where you can also message us just like Reed and Pinky. So we'll come back with more Sports Talk Live on a Monday out here. Border City Ale House, 1506 Lee Trevino with 600 ESPN El Paso. Back here on Sports Talk as we continue. Good for... um, KTSM's 
Colin Deaver asking Dana Dimmel today at the press conference if he would ever give up calling the offensive plays. I mean, you know the answer you're going to get, but the question should be asked. It really should. And three games into the season, uh, Deaver asked him. And that's, you know, he's asking a question that everybody's been talking about for not just this season, but for uh, a number of years. So, again, uh, Colin asking the question. We'll play the audio about uh, from today's press conference with Dana Dimmel because he said some very interesting things, not just there, but others as well. But, um, hey, listen, props to Deves for throwing that out there and asking Dana if he would give up uh, calling plays because clearly that is a question that a lot of us have uh, been talking about on this radio show for quite some time. And the answer is, of course, he's not going to give up plays. He's been, he's been calling plays forever, whether it's K-State, other stops. That, you know, that's, it's, it's like asking me, would everyone to give up hosting sports talk but still stay on the show? No, not particularly. I mean, I've done this for a thousand years, so it'd be weird being in, you know, on the show and, and not hosting. But, you know, at the same time, I get it. I understand the answer, where he's coming from, but he also doesn't exactly have people on the staff that are veterans at calling offensive plays. Nobody on that staff really has much experience besides him calling offensive plays. Maybe it was by design. I I don't know. But, you know, um, Colin did say that – he does not get uh, the impression that Dana Dimmel has any plans of giving up play-calling duties uh, so far this season. Um, also, one of the things that uh, Coach did talk about today was he blamed himself for bad play-calling. Uh, I don't think I've heard that ever from uh, Dana Dimmel after a game in any capacity, whether it's the Monday press or after the game. I don't believe we've heard that, but... Uh, the point is, he did not go out and um, and and really, you know, blame Gavin for what's uh, for what's happened. But much like the rest of this team, you can look at Gavin Hardison and say that four years now as a star or three years as a starter, but he's been with the program longer. But this is his third season playing, you know, every game. You're not seeing the the next step from him either which you need to see i mean you need gavin to eliminate mistakes and 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 just you know really throw um high percentage passes and not worry about picks and that's again being in that's that's been the issue um let me let you listen first to colin's question and answer from the press conference uh, earlier today. Here's here's what we were just talking about regarding the play calling, folks. This happened about... Designing, I guess, the game plan, the plays that you will call the game. It's kind of like a, you know, a collective effort with the offensive coaches with you and Scotty. Oh, it's good, yeah. I think that part of it's good. You know, I wouldn't go back and say that, I, you know, if I had to critique my performance, I wouldn't come back and say that we called a, a bad game. You know what I mean? We did a lot of really good things. We, we actually managed it really well in the first half, but, you know, some of the mistakes, the unforced errors and those sort of things, that's on me as a play caller, right? You always got to put your players in better situations. And so that's the part of it. I don't go back and say, gosh, you know, there was a lot of bad calls in the game. It just That was a game where we didn't have room for too many bad calls. Is McNamara... Okay, so there's your answer uh, from uh, Dana Dimmel, who said that, uh, you know, you don't have room for error, 
error, and it, it's on him. Adrian, um, once again, that's just not something – I don't think we've, we've heard that from Coach Dimmel regarding play calling since he's been here. So I think the question was asked about collaborating. So it was like, uh, how do you collaborate with other coaches on the staff, like Scotty O'Hara, like Barrick Neely, you know, all of that. And his response and kind of critiquing that and what, how do you do to do uh, – what do you – you know, the feedback that you get off, off of that. And so he was talking about how he didn't think it was terrible, but, you know, he's taking the ownership and they've got to do better at, at the play calling, which all is – obvious it's something that we all know right now the play calling is one of the glaring issues and uh, I would say that the other part of this is Dana Dimmel before this uh, question was answered he talked about how he was a little you know he was protecting Gavin Hardison and it wasn't necessarily his fault he blamed himself and calling uh, some of the uh, bad plays you know on his end you can't protect a quarterback that's been in the program as a starter for three years you can't do that anymore you can't I mean that's that's just you know it's not the case. And if you know that Gavin has weaknesses, then you gotta then then you can't play to those weaknesses. You gotta play to his strengths. You have to. So and we all know Adrian that when the miners fall behind by more than seven points and they're forced to put the ball in the air, uh, the chances of them being able to come back, especially on the road. Are slim to none. I thought they they looked a little too aggressive uh, unnecessarily when they were down like fourteen to ten and also or fourteen seven and also twenty one seven. You could stick to the run game. You could do what's best for you. It was still early into the game, but they were playing like they were far behind in this one. Yep, hundred percent. All right, we'll come back hour two right around the corner. More of your calls, your comments. The sports talk continues. 600 ESPN El Paso. 200 properties in the Sun City. For leasing opportunities, call River Oaks Properties at 915-225-5700 or visit ropelpaso.com. Hi, El Paso. It's Praise Mehule. Like I defend the end zone, the Oscar Arieta Agency defends your home. From the football fields to your front door, we've got you covered. Trust our agency for all your insurance needs. Home Sweet Home deserves the sweetest insurance coverage. Choose the Oscar Arieta Agency to get the home field advantage. Visit RiseUp915.com to register for game day giveaways and visit the Oscar Arrieta Agency booth at the next UTEP home game. Let's rise up, El Paso. And go Miners! From hometown to national. Sports spoken here. 600 ESPN El Paso. Here's KROD El Paso. A Town Square media station. Good afternoon. Happy Monday. Adrian brought us here with your Sports Center update for 600 ESPN El Paso. Let's head over to some NFL news from today. Defensive tackle Chris Jones ended his holdout by agreeing to terms on a new one-year deal with the Kansas City Chiefs. Jones should be available to play for the first time Sunday when the Chiefs play the Jaguars. Last week during a charity event in Kansas City, Jones said that he was keeping in shape and would be ready to play the day after he signed a new contract. Let's head over to more news today for the second year in a row the Steelers could be without one of their defensive captains for an extended period of time there's growing concern that the Steelers could be without defensive lineman Cameron Hayward for several weeks after the six-time pro bowler suffered a groin injury in the first half of the season opening loss to the 49ers while the injured reserve is an option it would sideline Hayward for four weeks and it's not a guarantee let's head over to more news today also injury related and NFL related Raiders receiver Jacoby Myers 
Myers is now in the NFL concussion protocol, head coach Josh McDaniels said today, although he had no additional details. Myers was hit in the head by an elbow from the Broncos safety Kareem Jackson as Myers slipped on the wet grass in the Raiders game ceiling drive of their 17-16 week one win at Empower Field at Mile High. In fact, Jackson being whistled for a 15-yard unnecessary roughness penalty allowed the Raiders to run out the clock as Myers was a yard short of a first down near midfield on a third down play with less than three minutes left as rain fell. That's a look at your Sports Center update for 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm Adrian Bratis. This is Keyshawn Johnson, and you're listening to the home of Chihuahuas Baseball, 600 ESPN El Paso. ESPN El Paso, River Oaks Property Schoolyard Sports Studio. Here's Steve Kaplowitz and Adrian Broadus. All right, welcome back, everybody. It's hour number two of Sports Talk. We are live hanging out with you. Border City L House, 1506 Lee Trevino. Getting ready for Monday Night Football. Jets, Bills, kicking us off. This is the place to be, and man, what a deal tonight's going to be. Um, our friends at Modelo have given us a terrific uh, Modelo this is a Riddell um, Speed Replica helmet that we are going to be giving away today uh, with a raffle. Now, Modelo cans are just $3. Each can gets you one raffle ticket, and we will pull out the winning raffle ticket at halftime. So come down and enjoy $3 cans of Modelo Especial. Meanwhile, pints are $3.50, $4.50, and $5.50. With $4 Fireball, those are some of the specials we've got going on. Giveaways. We talked about this, uh, the Modelo helmet. We also are going to be giving away, courtesy of 915 Sports and Novelties. They're located inside Bassett Place right next to uh, Target. We've got a very cool Ray Mickens Golf Tournament t-shirt from 2007 signed by every single football celebrity that attended. This was unearthed by Robert uh, and Marie Gonzalez. They are the owners of 915 Sports and Novelties and uh, have, in fact, given us these great T-shirts to give away. We're going to give away one here tonight. We've got lots of tickets for the Chihuahuas for Wednesday's day game and Tuesday's night game you can win out here. We've got axe-throwing sessions from Relax. That's right, Relax El Paso, 808 Montana, right next door at uh, Kick Social. We're going to be giving away a free hour from Kick Social. We've got golf with Cart at Horizon Golf. From our friends at All That Music, vinyl, CDs, video, and gifts, and their newly remodeled and expanded spot at the Fountains of Farrah, directly behind the Best Buy parking lot. We've got a, a, a large uh, Funko figure of Jets quarterback Zach Wilson. We've got a Buffalo Bills insulated lunch bag. We've got a Bills lanyard. We've got History of the Jets on DVD. And we also have Bills and Jets keychains to give away here as well. Again, thanks to all that music. So you have got the prizes. We've got the prizes. All you got to do is come down, free to sign up, free to win. And man, oh man, we would love to have you join us out here at uh, Border 
City Alehouse. Just to recap the uh, first hour, horrific news as we uh, remember the anniversary of 9-11 that uh, Bowie High School senior band member Daniel Esparza died yesterday after suffering a medical emergency during the uh, end of that football game Friday between Bowie and Isleta at Beatty Samang Memorial Stadium. Hard to believe. Adrian did uh, tweet out the GoFundMe link. Thank you for doing that, Adrian. We appreciate it. We talked NFL reactions from Sunday. We talked about the Cowboys' big win, throwing a 40-burger up on the Gents and shutting them out in New York yesterday. That was wild. A lot of games were crazy. College football. We haven't even talked about Texas knocking off Alabama. That's the biggest win of the Steve Sarkeesian era. Prime continues to roll in Colorado, beating Nebraska. So we had those games as well, Adrian. You know, with all the talk about UTEP, we have missed on some of the other big ones that included Texas beating Alabama and Colorado uh, now 2-0. and You know, with the uh, Longhorns finally uh, getting over the hump and winning that victory, you saw the posts on social media saying Texas is back. You know, I, I, of course, we're just week two in the college football season. Uh, but what, we, what at least I saw from that game is that Quinn Ewers is definitely uh, NFL product and a quarterback that people should be yep. putting on their radar. Uh, he is he has a lot of talents behind him, and he was very impressive, along with guys like the running back Brooks, like Sanders, that tight end who's massive for them. Xavier Worthy had some nice plays as well, so they get it done. Uh, one of my favorite games from over the weekend, number 13, Oregon squeezing past Texas Tech. That one went also went down to the wire 38-30 uh, was the final for the Ducks. Yep, big ones over the weekend. We can talk about that as well. A uh, lot to talk on UTEP. I was I was kind of wondering, will we have more calls on UTEP or the Cowboys? And chances are it's going to be UTEP. I mean, you know, it's just one game for the Cowboys, although it's like a dream come true. You completely annihilate your rivals in their stadium um, for opening night. That's as much a statement win as they've ever had in the program so you know cowboy fans are excited but on the flip side adrian the miners look i said it at the beginning of the week best chance they would ever have to beat a power five team would be saturday and for the first half they were tied they should have been ahead they were dominating every statistical category but all they had was seven points to show for it and the second half was an absolute train wreck it was the third quarter especially doomed them from the start and you know we always talk about the the advantage of having a veteran team that's been through this the last couple of years that they would take the next step what we don't think about is that when they fall behind because they've done it so many times over the last few years they might say to themselves here we go again and immediately it snowballs out of control instead of them being able to stop the bleeding early and try to come back. Remember last year, one of the biggest issues for the UTEP football team was how they dealt with adversity or the lack thereof. They could not deal with adversity last year. They struggled with that and that's why they missed out on a bowl game. That's why they lost some of those close games. And you, you know, you reflect back on the week zero loss at Jacksonville State, uh, 17-14. In that game, there was a lot of opportunities, missed opportunities by the Miners. I saw those same missed opportunities last uh, this past Saturday at Northwestern this is still the same team that is just not good on the road four and 16 over the last three years for UTEP on the road and I'll say this uh, this is a big year for Dana Dimmel it really is Um, you know they didn't go to a bowl last year and uh, if this turns out to be a colossal disappointment which it very well could be 
You never know. It could be, a, um, you know, after three games, it's already been a disappointment. If they don't turn things around, uh, this could be the end. This could be the last year for Dana Dimmel at UTEP. You, you don't know. But this, you know, he needs this season to win if he wants to try to ensure that he's going to be sticking around as UTEP head coach. So you think about that. We always talk about how big it is for minor fans. For Dana Dimmel, he knows that, you know, there might not be a 2024 if he doesn't turn things around. All right, let's get to the phones. Ten past as sports talk gets started here in hour number two of the show. We'll begin with Gator Richard. He joins us on the program. Go Gators. Go, they beat up on McNeese State. Congratulations. Thanks. Hey, one thing you haven't mentioned, I know you, you, you got pretty much a full plate with a lot of stuff yep. you could talk about, but you haven't mentioned prime time. We did. We talked about Colorado uh, last hour, and I, okay. I didn't bring it up in the. I didn't. Well, I think I might have. Did I briefly mention it in the recap, Adrian? Yes, about you, just bri- you just briefly m- mentioned it right now. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's amazing. I'm, I'm thinking. Look, he was Division Two. What two years? Yep. Last year, year and you... the year before. Yeah. Okay. Now, you know these Division Two coaches. They'd like nothing better to grab that brass ring and move up a step to Division One. There's only 100, what, 135, 134 teams? Is that correct? On Division One? Yep. Correct. So, you know, and, of course, we already know who the, uh, you know, perennial uh, anchor of that is. Okay, it's right here in El Paso. So, you know, we need we need a, a prime time, a hairball, uh, th- that LSU coach that talked real funny, you know, he's not working right now. Hairball's going to be out of Michigan. Bring him down. Bring him over here. You know what I mean? Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, which probably means get rid of the athletic director, too, because the guy has no vision. Okay? Whatever it takes, you know, you, you, and what, 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 is, what does prime time say? you got to believe. I had I had half my locker room believing. Now they all believe, right? Yep. That I believe thing. Steve Spurrier used it at Duke. He used it at Florida. See what I mean? It, it goes a long way if your if your players believe in themselves. Right? They can accomplish great things. Right now, I mean, what 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 is what does this uh, Mel do? He fires his athletic coordinator and his defensive coordinator. That that gives him a little bit more job security, you know, because he had to fire somebody. couldn't Couldn't just resign. See what I mean? So, there you go. That, how long ago did he fire those two guys? Well, um, their offensive coordinator retired. He did not take another job. He stepped down because he's been coaching for a long time, and uh, then he just basically eliminated the position. And they did that, and I don't know who the other the other coordinator you're talking about, Adrian. Who else? Uh, so who else he, is there? If he's thinking of both Chico Canales and uh, both uh, Mike Cox, Dave Warner. Uh, yeah. Well, if he was thinking of both uh, uh, Canales and Cox, who were fired over the same off season, uh, we're talking about several years ago. I think that was maybe the off season of what 2020, maybe 2021. Uh, but yeah. yeah, it's been some time. So my my point being, Steve. You know, honeymoon should be well over. It is. With, with it is. All, it is guy. over. A hundred percent. This is. Hey, man. This is year six, Richard. This is a make it or break it year. When you've you know, got and, the veteran team, they have. You can't have a subpar season. 
You just can't. You, you know, uh, Florida renewed Mullen, right? Dan Mullen, they renewed him, and then didn't they fire him midseason? Yeah, right but there's a difference. Okay, look, here's, here's the difference. You can't compare the kind of money that Florida has in their budget with their donors and boosters to UTEP. Like, you can't, I mean, look, to buy out Dana Dimmel right now, it would cost like $1.3 million. UTEP doesn't have that. And some are going to say, well, just take the payout you had from uh, the game you just played against Northwestern and do it. Well, it's not as easy as that. So that's the issue. I mean, Florida... Florida, is, it's a totally different argument with SEC dollars when you're making, what is it, $32 million a year in your TV deal versus four hundred, which is now 800000 that UTEP gets in their TV deal. You have to make a commitment to excellence. You do. And you're you not going to do it. You're not going to do it with Dimel, the Fugazi coach, okay? Well. Please. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you this, Richard, and I appreciate the call. I do. By the way, Canales and Cox are both fired in December of 2020. Adrian, thank you for fact checking that. Um, I don't believe. I'm just going to tell you this: the Utah Athletic Department has been building up football for a few seasons now, and I don't believe that if they disappoint, they are going to go through another year of this just like they are now. I, I, Adrian, I do not see that. I think that if this team does not find a way to uh, to go to a bowl game and win enough, then uh, they're going to be looking very well for a new head coach. I could see that, and I also could see them finding their way to six wins. We talked about this yep. uh, in previous uh, in the previous hour about the uncertainty for that, but this is still Conference USA. This is still a bad conference when you look at it from top to bottom or just compare it to other group of five conferences. So I could see a path to success, but it all hangs on that UNLV game next week. I've been circling that one since you know before the season started. UNLV game could tell us a lot whether or not this team could get to six wins or we'll have that uphill battle to close out September and the rest of the season. Great point, because if they start out, if they lose to um, Arizona Saturday, which everybody believes is pretty much a lock, and they're one in three, and then they lose to Arizona, uh, to, um, to UNLV, and they're one in four, that means they will have to go five and two the rest of the way just to get six and six and be bowl eligible. And I don't think there's anybody that really sees a scenario like that happening. No, I don't see that scenario happening right there. It's another uphill battle, and you, when you have to try to win out your games to close out the season against tougher competition like Western Kentucky and Liberty, that that's an uphill battle right there that, that kind of reminds you of last season. That's what happened last season. They lost too many games early, yep. and it, they had to try to claw their way back to try to get to a bowl game, and it just wasn't attainable for them. Let's go to Augustine, then we'll go to break. 17 passed here on Sports Talk. Augustine, thanks for the call. Hey, Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Adrian. Everybody, I'm not talking about. I'm not going to talk about UTEP because it's really like beating a dead horse. I want to ask something to you and to the entire listening audience that uh, on that final on that play that you you said during uh, uh, Sports Center with uh, Adrian, I think it was about that that uh, wide receiver who got that concussion that was hit by the Denver player. It was clear through replay that the receiver slipped. And that was the main cause for it being, you know, uh, almost a helmet to helmet, whatever the hit it was. Could there, because that play really dictated what happened after that. Is there a way that the NFL could do something like 
what soccer is doing, like video assistant referee, you know, kind of like looking at the play and telling, telling the refs, hey, you know, this happened. Uh, you should not give a penalty for that because that really was really bad for a really good game. So that's my question, Steve, and, and should, should VAR, V-A-R, be more involved in, 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 in football and in other sports because the, game, the games are just too fast, too strong for just to depend on on-the-spot decisions. Well, and, 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 and so that's my question, Steve. I mean, they use it a lot in, um, in just, you know, replays to see if there's a catch, and, and they, they do have booth reviews quite a bit. As far as this goes... I don't know. I mean, I've watched the play, and as I watch the play and see him, I don't necessarily think he slips. He kind of, like, hesitates a little bit on the route. Maybe he got his foot caught, but by the time he was able to catch that football, he was in full speed. And, I mean, he was running and never had a chance to brace for that shot at the uh, at, at about – the 49-yard line. Adrian, um, I don't necessarily think that slipping on the route early but then getting up and running it to completion before he catches the ball and in full stride gets drilled, I mean, that's even if they looked at it in review, that's you You can't not – the hits still happen no matter what. And the safety actually led uh, kind of like a, you know, I'm not saying he led with the crown of his helmet, but he led to where this was a rough and almost dirty play. And I, I think it does actually warrant a suspension. I disagree completely with Augustine. I do not think he slipped. In fact, if you watch the replay again, uh, he actually catches it and he doesn't even really make a football play. He just looks up field and then yeah. that's where he gets smacked and drilled by the safety. Yep, and maybe, you know, he was at the 45-yard line, he, like, stopped. And maybe it was one of those stops where he, like, put all his, he put the brakes on, and then he, like, tries to take off and then catches the football and gets hit. But, I mean, he was well on his way. He had the ball and for at least three steps kept running, and then the hit came and absolutely buried him. So, yeah, I'm with you on that one, uh, Adrian. I don't, I don't see it the way... I don't see the way, uh, you know, the way Augustine saw it on the slip, but it was definitely a very, very big hit. That is without a doubt. 20 past as Sports Talk continues live from the L House. Let's swing it out to Charlie One and get ourselves another traffic update. Steve, a couple of things here in Central, Schuster and Brown, we have a crash. There's going to be some tow truck activity there, but there's still a lot of congestion here at I-10 West at uh, Paisano, Chelsea area. That's because at I-10 West at Trowbridge, they close off that right lane for construction. So a lot of uh, slowdown. In fact, bumper to bumper there, I-10 West, Geronimo, Trowbridge area. Just keep that in mind. It's going to slow you down quite a bit. Also, we're tapping the brakes, I-10 East through Spaghettable area, I-10 and Red, both sides. Tonight, there's a closure, though. Saragossa northbound and southbound, alternating lane closures between Pebble Hills and Montana. This update brought to you by Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon. Leo's has the full-service bar, the uh, famous tortilla soup. We have the flautas, fajitas, gorditas, chicken, and mole, much more. Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Remcon, Charlie 1-600, ESPN El Paso.
raise your glass to the start of Oktoberfest and keep it raised for the Twin Peaks Authentic Stein Hoisting Competition. Join in on Fridays in September at 6 p.m. this month for the chance to win weekly prizes and Sam Adams swag. Love wings but think they're not spicy enough? Twin Peaks is launching a new wing sauce just for you. Have your wings sauced and tossed in the new hot as sauce, our hottest sauce yet. Can you handle the heat? Twin Peaks eats, drinks, scenic views. The UTEP Miners battle the UNLV Rebels in the Sun Bowl Saturday, September 23rd at 7. Game sponsored by Las Palmas del Sol. Join UTEP for the first 915 Heroes Night as we pay tribute to educators, first responders, healthcare workers, and military personnel from the borderland. Be sure to check out the military fire and police vehicles on display outside the stadium. Don't miss 915 Heroes Night. Tickets start at just $15. Rise up, 915. Call 747-UTEP or visit UTEPMiners.com. Attention business owners, you may qualify for up to $26,000 per W-2 employee from the ERTC Relief Program. At ERTC.com, 75% of the businesses we've helped get funding had no idea they were qualified to receive it. We set up a free hotline to help businesses discover how much funding they qualify for. Get your free refund estimate in minutes. With our Fast Track program, you could receive funding in as little as 48 hours. ERTC.com uses only real American CPAs and offers a sleep well guarantee. On average, our refunds have been 40% higher than other ERTC firms. Call now to get your refund estimate absolutely free. 800-200-5567. That's 800-200-5567. You'll get the maximum ERTC rebate you're eligible for. But please call now before funding runs out. For your free refund estimate in minutes, call 800-200-5567. 800-200-5567. 800-200-5567. AutoZone. AutoZone is more than a parts store. It's where we help you solve problems like, sorry I'm late, my battery died. And, I need a jump again. At America's number one battery destination, you can find the right battery at the right price with options starting at only $89.99. And we offer free battery testing and charging whenever you need it. Get the parts and help you need to get the job done right at AutoZone. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. Lowe's knows how to save pros time and money. Right now, get up to $1,500 off select major kitchen appliances and save 10% when you buy select James Hardy plank siding in bulk. Visit us today in-store or online for more deals you can't beat. Lowe's knows savings. Lowe's knows pros. Offer valid 824-913. Exclusions apply while supplies last. See Lowe's.com for details. Selection varies by location. Discount taken in time of purchase. 600 ESPN El Paso.com. past the hour. We're back here at Border City L House. $3 Modelo cans tonight, and each can will get you a raffle ticket with a chance to win a Modelo football helmet. That's right. It's a speed replica helmet, and uh, they're going to be giving that away. I'm going to be giving that away here at halftime of the Jets and the Bills coming up in less than an hour from now. I want to play that clip we talked about earlier uh, essentially, the question asked to Dana Dimmel was about Gavin's struggles and his, you know what he accounts for his struggles. 
And uh, here is uh, the answer that UTEP's head coach gave a couple hours ago. You know, again, I, uh, I, it's um, his source of his struggles are um, bad play calling by me, right? We're not going to pin anything on Gavin right now. You know what I mean? I'm not going to do that because the kid's a really good player and everybody, you know, all the pro scouts like what he's doing and it's just part of that position that when the team's not doing what people want us to do, you're going to blame it on Gavin. But I've been really pleased with Gavin. I think he's doing a great job and uh, I got to give him better plays and get him in better situations. So here's the thing. Once again, we are three games into the season. And the fact is, if Dana Dimmel today says that Gavin's performance uh, when, he's, when he's making mistakes is more of a result of the offensive play calling, and we all know that that's falling uh, squarely on Dana Dimmel, um, you know, and, and Dana took the bullet for Gavin today. He absolutely did, which, um, you know, head coaches do all the time. The question is, Adrian, why now in year three um, is UTEP still putting Hardison in positions to not get the best out of him all the time? And why are they not playing to his strengths all the time and instead potentially calling plays that could uh, result in a pick or play to his weakness? So, yeah, I was I was wondering about this one, too. And, and another thing is um, listeners always point out Gavin Hardison's flaws. Like, we, we heard that a lot over on Saturday. People were just begging for this coaching staff to finally move on. But number one, I mean, before we, we just dump, jump into uh, assessing Gavin Hardison's play, he never had anybody to compete against over the offseason. They didn't recruit uh, another quarterback over the offseason. So that's number one. And then number two, around all this right here, it felt like, they the play calling was all around Gavin in the first half. It played to his strengths in the first half. That's how they had so much success. And then in the second half, as soon as adversity hit, specifically as soon as Hardison threw that second interception and it led to a touchdown, it deflated the team. So I felt like it also deflated the mentality behind the play calling. And uh, whether it's Gavin Hardison having more of a shorter term memory uh, and kind of you know still be willing to attack defenses, or if it's Dana Dimmel switching up the philosophy behind the play calling. Something's got to change when they hit adversity in games. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. And by the way, I said earlier when I was uh, talking about uh, a tweet uh, that was uh, you know mentioned from um, one Colin Deaver that he asked Dana Dimmel if he would relinquish play calling. Um, I, I thought that was in front of the entire media today. But I found out later, no, that was uh, just done privately, one-on-one, not on camera, after the press conference uh, finished today. So the comments that uh, Colin made that he put out on, on social was not uh, anything that was said publicly. Instead, apparently that was said just one-on-one to Colin from Coach Dimmel after the press conference. You know, with that, those comments right there, I'll say this uh... – Dana Dimmel is not really relinquishing any sort of play calling. And I think it's interesting to, um, you know, look at the play calling uh, position or I guess the job and relate it to head coach Dana Dimmel. He's done it all the way through his time at Kansas State. He did it all the way through his time with Houston and Wyoming before that. So he's bringing three decades worth of knowledge in play calling. 
is it the players, Steve? Is it the guys who are in the system that just aren't working out? Because maybe it, maybe Hardison and Dimmel are not necessarily the best match for each other. Maybe Dimmel's best match would be a running or a dual threat quarterback where he can mix more of those RPOs and things like that. Listen, he's had six years to figure that out. And the fact is, he has lived and died with Gavin Hardison now since 2021. Third full season that he's been the starting quarterback. I think he came on late in the 2020 season, correct? And um, Or did he come on in 2020? Is this, so is this 20, his fourth? So 2019, Brand, that was Brandon Jones, Kai Loxley season. But when Brandon Jones got hurt and then Kai Loxley broke his thumb, that 2019 season, Gavin Hardison played two games that year. And then he took the starting role that offseason. So the 2020, the COVID season, he was their starting quarterback since day one. So you're, okay. you're exactly right. I mean, this is his fourth Four years. full season of starting uh, at UTEP. And, and the truth is, is that if this is four years, and over the four years, they've never put anybody really in a spot to, to, to compete with Gavin legitimately for the job. I mean, let's be honest, Calvin Brownholtz was never uh, thought of as a true threat. They've never recruited a D1 portal quarterback, and God knows there's been a ton out there in the portal. Uh, there's a reason for that. Dana Dimmel has banked his head coaching future and life at UTEP in Gavin Hardison. And if Hardison fails, then Dana Dimmel fails. I mean, one is clearly a reflection of the other. And if Dana Dimmel, if this, you know, if this this season does not work out well for both, well, you'll look back at it. And Adrian, to your point, if this was not the match that every that that you know D- Dana Dimmel saw and said, well, you know, maybe he's not the best fit for me. He's had three different off seasons to try to bring in somebody that could be that right fit. And if he didn't do it and instead has just, you know, continued to hope that, you know, Gavin would turn the corner and lead UTEP to that magical year and it doesn't happen, that ultimately, you know, that that could be the reason why it doesn't work out long-term here after six seasons. So one other thing, and maybe we can a- uh, answer this after Sports Center, but uh, Gavin Hardison continues to field a lot of interest from NFL scouts. Uh, today, the Indianapolis Colts were talking to him after practice at length, and you heard Dana Dimmel cite that in his press conference today. But it's not just one practice. It's almost every practice. He's got scouts looking at him. What are we missing right now? What what's, What is it that NFL scouts see that we are not seeing in a winning line? Uh, in the game. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'll get to that right after Sports Center. Let's do it next, 32 pass, and then I'll answer that question for you as we continue 600 ESPN El Paso. Thank you very much, Steve. Uh, want to also mention some tragic news today. Bowie High School senior band member Daniel Esparza died Sunday after suffering a medical emergency during the late stages of Saturday's or Friday's football game between Bowie and Isleta at Beatty Semang's Memorial Stadium. His death was confirmed by a university medical center of El Paso spokesperson. No other information was immediately available. According to an EPISD statement over the weekend, he was quickly attended to by the medical team on 
site that assessed the situation and ensured the necessary precautions were taken. We have the GoFundMe right now up on our social media page, 600 ESPN El Paso, talking about uh, Daniel Esparza, the Bowie High School senior band member who tragically passed away over the weekend after suffering a medical emergency during the football game on Friday. Uh, Let's shift it over. Let's talk some more sports right now. Let's go over to the baseball scoreboard right now and update you on what's ahead and what is on right now. There are a couple games going on right now. In fact, the Nationals lead the Pirates 3-1, to one, top of the fourth, and they've got bases loaded in this game. On the road, actually right now at the top of the third, it's the Phillies leading the Braves 4 to nothing. although Atlanta has runners in scoring position, uh, runners on first and second threatening to score and put some points on the board. Rangers off to a one nothing lead against the Blue Jays, needing some wins desperately to try to remain in playoff contention. Bottom of the second of this game between the Rangers and the Blue Jays. Also still in a rain delay, Diamondbacks and the Mets. Also in a rain delay, Yankees and Red Sox. That's a look at your Sports Center update for 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm Adrian Bradas. All right, Adrian, thank you very much. To answer your question about Gavin Hardison, here's what they're looking at. They're looking at a 6'3", 215-pound quarterback who's got a ridiculous arm. And when you look at some of the passes he makes, he will throw a ball that is an NFL quarterback throw. I mean, he sometimes puts the ball perfectly where you need it to be. The biggest mistakes Gavin has made is that when he throws interceptions, normally he's zeroing right in on receivers and uh, not looking them off and and, uh, checking out his, his other routes. And you know what? NFL scouts might look at everything else he has and say the other part is fixable. They might think that, you know what, they work with him enough, they'll be able to fix him. And, you know, maybe not necessarily thinking of him as a potential starting quarterback in the NFL, but, hey, he could be a starting, uh, you know, sec- back backup or a third stringer. They look at that and think that he's got the tools. I mean, you got to realize that, Adrian, he's got a ridiculous arm. He does have good size. And when he does put the ball where it needs to be, sometimes he absolutely throws a dime. So, I mean, I can see why NFL scouts like Gavin Hardison. I really can. So it's arm strength, and maybe you you tack on a little accuracy and a little precision on there as well. So you want all the intangibles from Gavin Hardison, and if you're an NFL organization out there, they think we can develop him, we can call all the right plays for him so he sees all the reads that we want him to see, and maybe at this level they don't feel like they're getting the max value. I'm talking about UTEP. UTEP's not getting the max value from Gavin Hardison as uh, other teams could get. That's true. Um, so far, he's at a 65 or 66% completion percentage. Hey, that's the right completion percentage. The problem are the mistakes and the interceptions. That's the biggest thing with Hardison that you really have to cut down. And the fact that he's already been sacked seven times against the opponents of the likes of Jacksonville State, Incarnate Word, and Northwestern. Isn't that a bigger concern that with UTEP's offensive line, he's already suffered seven sacks against those three teams? So I asked this question today, actually, and I I thought it was a reflection of the offensive line. But Dana Dimmel quickly, uh, you know, he corrected me and said that some of those he he, I think it was like four out of those sacks right there were caused due to RPOs not working out, which, in my opinion, that's still a sack. That's still a tackle for loss. And, you know, I, I understand where he's going with that. But if you're either Gavin Hardison or that offensive front, you've got to create opportunities for him. You do. You absolutely 100% have to. I agree with you completely on it. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a really interesting story. It, it really is. But, 
You know, I, I, I can understand why NFL scouts like Gavin Hardison, and I absolutely believe that Gavin Hardison has the kind of skill set that could play in the NFL. I do, based on what he has. I mean, understand that there are when Gavin Hardison does get the ball in the air and, and throw it, he, um, you know, oftentimes will throw a really, really nice football pretty effortlessly and does have a ridiculous arm. And that's what NFL scouts want. It absolutely is what NFL scouts want. All right, let's go to Rick. He joins us next. 38 past the hour as Sports Talk continues. What's going on, Rick? Yeah, hi, uh, Steve. Let me tell you something. There's, I don't think there's anything wrong with Gavin Harrison. He's, he's, got, a, he's got an NFL pro arm. What, what it is, it's the coaching. And I'll tell you what, they don't tell him not to double pump. You can never double pump into the same direction, just like uh, Sanchez when he went to the Jets. And he would double pump into one direction. He would always throw interceptions because once you pump once in one direction, those NFL cornerbacks uh, they react so fast. They're on your next. Uh, they're on the pass, and that's what Harbison does. And I don't know if you noticed or not, but I picked up on it. Here's the other thing: is that's coaching, and it can be fixed. And I'm saying, you know what? It's time to move on from Demo. You know what? He's had enough time. I think it should be a. Uh, Palmer, one of the Palmer brothers, you know, Carson, Jordan, or one of the Jones brothers. And and now it's all about recruiting. It's about NIL. And you know what? Gimbal's not there. And I would never, if I had the talent, I would rather go play for uh, for uh, the guy in Colorado. What's his name? Dion Sanders. Yeah. Dion. Dion. Yes. So. Yes. It's all about that. Yep, I hear you. Yeah, Rick. Rick, I'm going to say I'm going to say this when it comes to you know potentially the next head coach at UTEP, um, and, and this is going to be a really really interesting thing. Whatever they decide to go, um, when the time comes, um, whether it's this year, next year, whatever it is, Adrian, I've thought about this a lot, right? So I, I want to see them eventually go young. And I want to see them for the first time ever really go after somebody in their 30s who is a uh, coordinator at a Power 5 and, and give them the chance to be the head coach here, make this place a stepping stone, win and move on. Here is what worries me about that, is that if any big-name coordinator that is young and on the up-and-up asks about NIL here and they're told that football doesn't really have an NIL, they might not even want the job, no matter what it pays, because that has become such a big part of Division One college sports right now. And we all know that UTEP's NIL is tied up for basketball, not nearly for football. And when a coach asks and is told, well, we're kind of in our infancy and we don't really have one, some of these uh, bigger coaches that are used to having huge NILs might say, you know what, forget it. You know, I, I would actually just say that about a lot of things at UTEP. And that's no, not, I'm not trying to knock UTEP too much, but it's not as desirable of a job as other group of five openings. I mean, the proximity in itself is hard. It's an uphill battle for coaches to recruit to. You've heard from every coach who's been here. It doesn't matter what sport. It's just the, the reality. And once they once they get recruits to El Paso, then that's a different story. But just bringing yeah. them here uh, to West Texas is one thing. Then you talk about the facilities. Then you talk 
about uh, the resources with NIL. Then you talk about things like the conference and where it's at right now and how this program has looked and fared over history. So this is not a desirable job, in my opinion, unless unless you uh, give it uh, resources that it really needs. You're right, and there's a lot of resources that go into that, whether it's the coaching pool, whether it's NIL, continued improvements on facilities that really haven't been upgraded outside of the stadium itself. The Larry K. Durham Center needs a facelift for what they did with that facility 20 years ago. You're right. You're 100% correct. All right, 19 in front of 6 as we continue here on Sports Talk. We are 25 minutes away. No, I'm sorry, 35 minutes away from um, the NFL. And they're right around the corner. 6.15, that gets going with the Jets and the Bills here from Border City Alehouse. Come on down. 15.06 Lee Trevino. Got great prizes, great specials. And uh, once again, you want to be a part of it? It's a tradition with us. 600 ESPN El Paso. I'm ABC 7 Stephanie Valle with your top stories on this Monday, September 11th on 600 ESPN El Paso. We remain under an ABC 7 first alert, but it's for increased rain chances this time. Download the StormTrack weather and traffic app for updated weather alerts. A member of the Bowie High School marching band has died following a medical emergency during a football game between Bowie and Isleta on Friday night. A spokesperson for UMC confirmed this morning 17-year-old Daniel Esparza passed away. According to a GoFundMe set up to help Esparza's family with medical expenses, Esparza was the drum major of the Bowie marching band. He was also a member of Bowie's ROTC program and was described as a well-rounded student. El Paso Independent School District officials saying in a statement, EPI ISD grieves with Esparza's family, calling Esparza, quote, a beloved member of the school community, and that the district, quote, stands with his family and with the entirety of Bowie High School as they gather the strength to deal with this trying time. As previously reported on Friday, Esparza received CPR and defibrillation on the Bowie football field, according to several witnesses. The remainder of the football game between Bowie and Isleta was canceled, along with all of the associated activities. America commemorates 22 years since the September 11th attacks. A painful nostalgia engulfs a nation as solemn ceremonies take place across the country to remember the fallen and to honor first responders who continue to grapple with the aftermath of that day. The El Paso Fire Department honored the lives lost during the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Dozens of law enforcement officers, first responders, and community members were present at today's memorial ceremony. An official with the fire department says it's important to continue to honor the heroes of 9-11, including those who rushed in to help. It's also a day to remember those who fought in the armed forces against terrorists in the days and years after. Get news on the ABC7 app on air and online at kvia.com. I'm ABC7 Stephanie Valle for 600 ESPN El Paso. In the El Paso Metroplex, a few rough spots, but I want to get to the freeway first because that's where we have a lot of stop and go. Because of that closure, I-10 West at Trowbridge, they close off the right lane. Construction going on there. The uh, entrance ramp of Geronimo, that is closed. So what we find is a lot of stop and go traffic. It's really backed up right now. Just very heavy traffic going back almost to airway of those westbound lanes or stop and go. Add to that, I-10 at Red, rough traffic right there. That's your typical slowing that we get. But we have some crashes. Did I stay in Ventana? That crash just happened. But with injury, did I stay in Ventana? Also, we have crashes going on on the uh, downtown area. I'll pass on Father Rom injury crash there. Treywood and Dean Martin on a crash. They're taking care of that one, so extra caution there. So uh, just caution in these areas. Tonight, there's a closure at 8 p.m. 
Saragossa North and Southbound, there are just some main lane closures between Rojas and South Clinefield. This update brought to you by Leo's Restaurant. That's on Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rincon. Leo's has a full-service bar, famous tortilla soup, Tuesday through Sunday from 11 to 8, not today, tomorrow. Family-owned and operated Leo's Restaurant, 7520 Rincon, Charlie 1, 600, ESPN El Paso. Once again, join Speaking Rock every week for El Paso's biggest Dallas Cowboys tailgate party on the Outdoor Plaza. Experience the game on their massive outdoor screens where every seat is a great seat. Prizes, drink specials, food specials, and more. It's Speaking Rock's Dallas Cowboys tailgate party this Sunday. Ages 21 and over, see Speaking Rock's Facebook for more info on El Paso's biggest Dallas Cowboys tailgate party. When your AC's out and you're out of luck, don't just call that one person your mom's uncle, sister's cousin recommended. Call a trusted family-owned business like Ignitify. Locally owned and operated for over 20 years, Ignitify is proud of their customer service and reliability. Don't take our word for it. Check out over 100 five-star ratings on Google. Ignitify, your indoor air comfort starts here. Contact them and get a quote today. IgnitifyEP.com. That's IgnitifyEP.com. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I gotta change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of STP conventional or high mileage with an STP oil filter for only $26.99. And what do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And I might need some help. No problem. We have helpful how-tos at AutoZone.com. Restrictions apply. What makes Taco Bell's rolled chicken tacos so good? Is it the shredded marinated all-white meat chicken? Well, yeah, obviously. But it's also the three amazing dipping sauces to choose from. Spicy ranch, warm nacho cheese sauce, and house-made daily guacamole. Now, if you need a third reason, their white corn tortillas are fried to golden perfection, which everyone knows is the best kind of perfection. Order rolled chicken tacos on the Taco Bell app. Get one dip for two pack or two dips per four pack at participating Taco Bell stores for a limited time only while supplies last. This is Steve Kaplowitz and 600 ESPN El Paso has a great way for you to enjoy sports talk on demand. Download our show by subscribing to the free 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts on your Apple or Google Play device. After that, you can enjoy the best of sports talk each day delivered commercial free to your phone or tablet. That's right. All the best calls, interviews and insight with the touch of a button. So you you never miss a moment. 600 ESPN El Paso podcasts. Paid for by ERC Business Solutions. The following is a public notice for business owners affected by COVID-19. Due to the recent expansion of the Employee Retention Tax Credit, you may be eligible to receive compensation of up to $26,000 per employee on your payroll throughout 2020 and 21. However, time is running out for you to apply for this credit. At ERC Business Solutions, we make it simple. To encourage as many business people as possible to take advantage of this program before the window closes, a toll-free telephone number has been established for you to rapidly check your eligibility. There are no application fees, and the average call takes less than eight minutes. That number is 888-449-3604. 888-449-3604. To see if you qualify to receive a check from the U.S. Treasury Department for up to $26,000 per employee before the program ends, call 888-449-3604. A team of ERC specialists are awaiting your call at 888-449-3604. 
Once again, 888-449-3604. This is Ronnie Lowenfield, Casa Buick GMC. Listen. Remember this number, 7, like in 700. That's the number of used cars available for you at Casa Buick GMC Used Cars. And the selection starts at $7,777. Every brand, every model, luxury to economy, sports to 4x4s, cars, trucks, and SUVs. The nicest guys with the nicest car payments available for you. 700. That's the number of used cars available for you. The Casa Buick GMC September sales event. Home of the nice guys. Yeah. The kids are back to school and Exergen is back to the basics in thermometry where accuracy matters. The Exergen Temporal Thermometer is fast, non-invasive and clinically accurate. Exergen is backed by over 100 clinical studies and is trusted and used by medical professionals. Take care of your family this back to school season. Choose Exergen. Available at Walmart and Walgreens. Learn more about why accuracy matters at exergen.com. That's exergen.com. This is Freddie Coleman. As soon as Stephen Adrian wrap up sports talk, tune in to Freddie Fitzsimmons on 600 ESPN El Paso. Ten in front of five as we continue here on Sports Talk. I know a lot of people are uh, interested in buying or selling a home, and hey, you got to have the right team in your corner. That's for sure. A team that has proven uh, aggressive marketing strategies like nobody else. In fact, you want uh, a team with extensive housing market knowledge that will place your home in front of more qualified buyers than others in El Paso. I've got a name for you, Brian Birds. In fact, Brian Birds and the Brian Birds home selling team powered by EXP Realty brings you results every single time. In fact, trustworthy, experienced, effective, We'll get you top dollar for your home. And it's stories like Carmen's that is just another reason why Brian does uh, so many incredible things. In fact, um, you know, Carmen's an investor. She was out of town, needed to sell her East El Paso rental and fast. She knew about Brian and gave him a call. And then all of a sudden, Brian Systems immediately impressed her and went to work. In fact, the property was listed for a competitive price of $178,000. And did the market respond? You better believe it did. How about a deal seal two weeks later above what Carmen was asking and way ahead of her timeline? That's what Brian Birds can do for you. So call the official real estate agent of UTEP, El Paso Locomotive FC, and the Rhinos. The only agent I would call if I needed to sell my home. Online at brianbirds.com or Google Brian, B-U-R-D-S, start packing all right saw this uh, on uh, social at 600 espn el paso from jonathan byers here's the post y'all are delusional jonathan tells us utep does not have that much talent the quality players include one receiver in tyron smith one running back in torrence burgess two defensive linemen in keenan stewart and praise uh, amehule one linebacker tyrese knight that is it, says Jonathan Byers, as far as quality players. I couldn't disagree more. I mean, Deion Hankins is their best player in offense. You didn't mention him. Uh, they do have talent on this team. Uh, this talent has proven itself uh, by having all-conference selection. Also, this uh, some of the talent that's on this roster right now was a part of the successful team that made it to a bowl game. So I don't buy that. All right. Once again, if you want to weigh in, you can do it in a lot of different ways. Phones, 505-6009, 505 
You can hit us up on social, at 600 ESPN El Paso. That's at 600 ESPN El Paso. Or our free mobile app where you can listen into the show and chime in as well. Jets and Bills coming up in a little more than 20 minutes from now. We will have it for you right here on 600 ESPN El Paso. Also streaming online on the mobile app. So when you go to the mobile app, you will be able to listen to the NFL on Westwood One, something we are also very excited about for those of you that uh, want to enjoy the streaming version, the online radio that, for me, is so much fun when you uh, tune into the radio station because it's like you're in the studio with us on the program. Imagine listening to a football game where you feel like you're in the booth with the Westwood One crew. That's exactly what it's all about. So we'll do that coming up into our final few minutes. More phone calls, more comments. You want to get in, talk UTEP, talk Cowboys, talk anything from over the weekend, Texas Longhorns, now would be the time to do it. We'll also have the Dallas Cowboys update, a very happy update for you Cowboys fans, coming up here in five minutes on 600 ESPN El Paso.